Hayyim Yayim Yud Beis Cheshven, the twelfth day of the month of Cheshven. Says the Rebbe. Achas mitoyreis harishayneis shal Rabbeinu Azakin. One of the first teachings, one of the first toyreis taught by the Alter Rebbe, which is a pretty uh, incredible thing. I don't know what it means exactly because Alter Rebbe was teaching from the youngest age. He already had a following before he even went to the Magid of Mizrich to become a Chassid. He already had a following when he was 14, 15 years old. And he, uh, he actually guided them, he instructed them. Um, that was back in the year 1760 approximately. Maybe it means after he founded the Shita of Chabad in 1772. of his first teachings... He became the Magid, he became the preacher of Lyajna, which he held the position for about 40 years in, uh, in 1766. So maybe it means from then. It can mean many, many things. He officially became Rebbe, like as, a, as, a, as we know the concept of a Rebbe. And after the passing of his mentor, teacher, after the Magid of Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk in 1788. So that could even be a possibility. But in any event... It's a fundamental, seminal teaching, apparently, because it's called and the first teachings of the Alter Rebbe. It's like his Rosh uh, Exactly. It's, it's his beginning. And in those days, it was so early that when the Alter Rebbe used to say, later on, he used to expound pages upon pages upon pages of content. But the early beginnings of Chassidus were similar to his own master and teacher, and his own leaders, the Balshemtiv and the Magid, where he said everything in very shorthanded, so it was called a vart. You know, someone says, say a vart. It means, you know, if, if you speak for more than 60 seconds, you lost me. That's what it means when someone asks you to tell them a vart. It means they didn't ask for a speech and they didn't ask for a pilpul, they asked for a vart. Problem is, generally speaking, the Rebbe's weren't, they didn't say varts, they spoke. They gave each mimer is essentially a thesis. The equivalent lahavdil, the ultimate thesis, and uh, and it, and it's a it's a it's a developed essay, essentially. And if you want to study the revolution, if you want to be part of the revolution, then uh, and jump on the bandwagon. And if not, then uh, you know either you're on the train or you get run over by the train. So the nikruaz b'shem verter. He called the vart the verter. They were called then verter. What was the vart? You ready for it? Buckle your seatbelt. Al-Tareb said, Shema Yisrael, which means hero Israel. But what does hear mean? We're listening with our ears. Hear doesn't mean to hear. It means to experience, to internalize, that it becomes, it enters into your being. It seeps into the, your bones, into every fiber of your being and every bone in your body. Ayid der hert. And it's not even a command. It sounds like the Altarab is translating it. Not only you shall listen, you should listen. Shema Yisrael, that a Yid does listen. A Yid experiences. What does a Yid experience? Havaya Likenu. Yud Kevavke, the Tetragrammaton, the ultimate name of God. We know that Rambam says there are seven holy names of Hashem. We're not allowed to erase, but the ultimate name, the Shem HaMiyuchid, the Shem HaEtzim, the Shem HaMefoyrosh, Right, the explicit name of God, the Yud Kevavke, the ultimate name of God. Many places it even says it's the name of God, which the only name that doesn't have a translation. 
even though the, even though you're going to find translations for that also. But the ultimate name, the other names, they're describing actions that God takes. In other words, ways that He presents Himself, that He projects in order to uh, present Himself to humanity. Yudke Vavke is the ultimate name of God, God Almighty Himself. The way He exists beyond the framework, all right, it's just the ultimate name. So, Yid feels, experiences, Havaya Eloikeinu. Havaya, this name of God, this existence of God, this reality of God, is our God. And the word Elikim comes from the word energy, power. Right? That's why judges are called Elikim in, in scripture, because it's power. It literally means shlita, power. And uh, we're, we're supposed to have the intent that God is the all-powerful and, and he decides, he governs both above and below. If BB won, if, right? the only ballot box that matters... Who sent to me the only ballot box that matters? They sent a picture of the, the 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 the, the notes stuffed into the into the kotel, right? And that one you can't cheat. So, the uh, the havaya likenu. So the word elikim means strength. So Chassidish translates the Alter Rebbe saying havaya is, is our God is our strength, our very vitality of a Jew. The very uh, energy of it that a yid has, the engine, the ga- the fuel, we exist, even though we're finite beings, we're existing, we're propelled like a rocket ship, like a spaceship. We are being energized, a Jew, uniquely, by God as he exists completely beyond the framework of nature. So even though we think that we're living within nature, a Jew does not live within nature. As Kechenu, he said in Yiddish, Kechenu v'chayusenu, our faculties, our strengths, and our abilities, and our life force, our energies, thus is beyond nature. My part, this part I don't understand, the next words, Un He doesn't translate what that means, what that signifies. And Havaya is one. And Havaya Echod. Rabbi, any It's Un Havaya Echod. Is all Hashem. There's nothing. 
So as I understand from what the rabbi said, when the when the when he finished off on Havayachad, he's trying to say that Havayachad is a different Indian. It's a different concept, so to speak. I'll say a different shot, maybe. Maybe without the Rebbe man. That's one way to learn. Maybe another way is that is that the Khaira you could ask the question, how could my finite being be energized by infinity? Then I should have infinite strength. And by the way, the Lahaftoid of yesterday. Those who hope to God are always renewing their strength. It says all the people who think they're mighty ultimately they they they, they crumble because they, they run out. We live off God. Right? We, we never run out of energy. But how indeed does this happen that, that a finite being can have infinite strength? Those two things come together. So this explains the famous word from Amit HaMelech, Avedis HaKodesh, I forgot who said it, that, that really the, the power, finite is actually an extension of infinity. Because true infiniteness has to have the ability of finiteness as well. Otherwise you're limiting and you're diminishing the infinity, the infinite power. But, but finiteness is only as an expression of, of the infinity. In other words, it's just another expression. It's so infinite that it could even create right, um, a finiteness. And therefore, ultimately it's all unified. It's one God. There's no distinction for a Jew. Um, I have an uncle who has a maisa that he said that a tzaddik could do anything. So someone told him a tzaddik could do anything? Could he fly? So he said, yeah, a tzaddik could fly. But for a tzaddik, there's no difference between flying and walking. He doesn't need a... Fl- walking is flying, you understand? Now, that on the contrary, yid, that the, the world is just another expression of, of Hashem. And therefore, who decided that this world is a concealment on godliness? That itself is a perversion. It's an, it's an expression of God. You're seeing an expression of Hashem right, playing out right in front of your eyes. And a Jew is able to experience that. It's all one unified, this capacity of finiteness and infiniteness. That a Jew is, actually does not exist within the confines of nature. Nature is just a, another manifestation, another way. It's a, it's a, it's a something, but it's not, you're not limited by it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.